on to episode 31 of the Circle Back Podcast, the show where two great friends get together and just talk about video games. I'm Dan Lamarca. As always, I'm joined by Dan Dufernoy. Bonjour. And Dan, we're going to kick it off like you know I love to. What have you been playing this week, my man? And actually, we've been playing the same thing. Yeah, we've been so playing the same games uh, for the most part. I will say briefly, I still am, I feel like I'm so close to the end of Yoku's Island Express, and I haven't finished it okay but i keep i jumped back in a couple nights ago played like another 45 minutes and i was like man i thought i was done let me, let me get back into it and then you know so hopefully by next week i'll have final final thoughts on all that. right cool um but i know we both have been playing a game we talked about quite a bit last week uh vampire yeah vampire i'm not giving i'm not giving up on dan's it not giving up so where are you at what are you uh are you in getting any more enjoyment out of what you played, or is it still the same? I'm going to be completely honest with you. Getting I'm less enjoyment? S- not less enjoyment. Okay. I'm still feeling the same about it. Okay. It's one of those things where, like, for me at least, it's like, you ever, like, all right, do you ever see, uh, I'm trying to think, so, like, I know we're both big movie buffs, and it's mm-hmm. like, you know when, like, you read about a movie, and, like, you just, it seems like, oh, my gosh, there's a story that I would love, that I am so into, I want to love this so much, mm-hmm. and then you watch the movie, and you're like, man, like, I totally like what this is about, but I just didn't like it. Can't, like, say, oh, my gosh, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, sure. It's early in the morning. I could be completely wet. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, that's I, how I, I feel about this mean. game, where it's just like, this is something, like, and we talked about last week, and I thought a lot about what you said last week. Um, I sat in my room, and I contemplated it, and I just thought, you know, what did Dan <laughs> say about Vampire? And, and, like, no, but, like, you had a lot of great points, and, like, I was like, yes, like, that's really, that's a cool thing. That's a cool thing. I understand that better now. Like, so, yes, I want to love it. But, like, I just, for some reason, you know, we, we talked about, like, Fallout 4 and games like that, where it's mm-hmm. just like, yes, it was good, but there's just something about it that, like, it just isn't mm-hmm. taking hold yeah. of me. And that's how I feel about Vampire. So I have yeah. played some more, but, like, it still hasn't. I still haven't been. Uh, That's fine. Still haven't been bitten by the vampire yet. Hey, so. Not bad. Oh, not bad. Yeah, no. For me, I you know still feel pretty much exactly the same. Um, I'm trying to do things that I wouldn't normally do. Uh, like I'm trying to cause a little chaos in the sectors and and see how that plays out and stuff. And uh, it's been really really fun to see. Yeah. Because, you know, you play these kind of games that are decision games and you want to be the good guy and you, you know, always be nice to everybody. And it's like, you know, let's see what it's like to, to do a little bit of this, yeah. uh, especially because of the way the difficulty works in Vampire. I know we talked a ton about this game last week, so we're not going to harp too much on it. But um, I will say I'm really enjoying seeing some of those dominoes fall and, like, what happens. Yeah. It's really cool. That's my enjoyment. How, how far would you say you are? Uh, maybe about eight hours-ish. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Something like that. Gotcha. Um, it's definitely not a short game. No, it's pretty, pretty long, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I looked at some people said like 25, 30 hours. Yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of putting it in a couple hours a week, enjoying it, not not letting it overstay its welcome with me sort of deal. All right. Um, but I know there's another game that we've both been playing. Yes. Mario Tennis Aces. Yeah, Tennis Aces. It so, just came out. Yeah, it just came out week. Friday, mm-hmm. uh, previous Friday, uh, and... I'm really enjoying it. I, my whole thing with this game is, like most Mario sports games, right? they're not super deep. No. They're fun to play with other people. 
and generally not as much fun to play solo. But what, I've, what I have had fun with is the actual single player portion where you're like kind of going through the gamut and doing these like different... The, the adventure mode? Yeah, yeah. the adventure yeah. mode. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun for me. I, I, I've been enjoying it. You know, they do cool little twists and mm -hmm. some, of them, some of them get kind of tough. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been enjoyable for me doing that. I don't know what kind of legs it has because, again, a lot of these games are like, hey, if you have friends over, if your sibling wants to play, yeah, yeah, so it's this, perfect for you know, it's like, yeah. then you're going to have fun, mm -hmm. you're going to have a good time, whatever. But, you know, so far, I I've enjoyed it, but I definitely see some of the longevity issues, you know. That's the thing. I got it for uh, my sister graduated high school, Golden Hall. <laughs> um, so I got a bunch of gifts, and one of them was 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 this, but it was also like a partial gift for both of us. Mm -hmm. Like this is what we've been talking about. So I thought you know, let's just you know play. It's perfect timing. Um, like I like it. Like you know I really do. When you know I mentioned before when we were talking about it, like there's something about um, there's something about uh, the one for the GameCube. And again, it, it might have just been you know I was like what 10 years old, whatever, and I just was really invested in it. But like I really really like. I could play that game for hours, mm -hmm. and this, me and my sister, we played. We played for about a few hours, and I don't know. Like, we, all I can really say is that I liked it. You know, I, I do miss. You know, the game. This, the games are very quick. It's like first to get to seven points mm -hmm. wins, and you know, I miss the the three set games. I miss the yeah. you know, the actual scoring, the way that tennis is, because this now it, it scores them. And again. Um, I think it's different in the adventure mode. In the adventure mode, I think it they is, do it yeah. like, yeah. Um, but I think when multiplayer, me and my sister played, it was like you go up to points. So it was like the first to seven wins. Um, I missed the, you know, oh, 15, love, you know, mm -hmm. 45, you know, yeah. advance. Like I missed that sort of and like how it was three sets because like, I don't know, like, you know, you could win the first set, but then lose the next two sets. Like this, right. I just feel like every game is pretty quick. You don't really they get a chance to. I've, you know, the way I... Uh, Equate it is it's almost like a fighting game mm -hmm. now instead of a tennis game yeah. because it is quick when you're playing against somebody and there's a lot more there's a little bit of depth to the actual playing of mm -hmm. it like you know you have the racket break racket thing. can break yeah the racket can break you have these special moves you have the this move that you only want to use that like it basically like blocks it back right but you only want to use it on certain abilities because if you don't hit it at the exact right time, it'll do a lot of damage yeah. to your racket. You know, and you're juggling a lot more things, which if you want to play with those concepts, they're pretty, they're pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It's pretty fun. It, it really does give it a fighting game type of feel yeah. where you're like, all right, I, I want to, you know, I know his move is like this. Mm -hmm. Let me block that. You know, it, it's, it gives it almost like a less of a tennis feel yeah. and more of a fighting game feel, which is interesting, uh, but it's not necessarily what everybody's looking for, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. The the multiplayer mode definitely feels a lot less like tennis, and mm -hmm. it's not as long, and yeah. you can't, you know. You know I know there's no decide how many there, sets again. I, I really like it, but there isn't that. You know, I remember one time. I think you hooked up a GameCube, and you, me, and Scott, we were playing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. but there was that sort of like where you were invested, where you were playing a lot. I'm like, okay, like you know, we're in the last match. Whoever wins, like, there, I just, I just felt different playing the GameCube version. I just felt like there was a lot mm -hmm. more. I was more invested in the game. This is like it's so quick. Right. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but like I just, it's just a quick. It's a, yeah, the no, game I've, just goes really, really quick. Yeah. Can't, and can't argue with that. I don't really feel like as invested. You know, right. there isn't any sort of showdowns. You know, and like you said, you know Mario Sports. You know, you get what you get. You know, you're not. You know, 
like you said, we're not expecting yeah. anything. But like yeah. even like games like you know Mario Baseball, like I enjoyed that because like okay, nine innings, anything can happen. Like you really got to be strategic. This I just feel is just like mm. you know hit 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 special move point hit 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 special move point or you know and you know like I said, it's not a bad thing. I just I you know yeah I like it, but I don't. I have a feeling that playing with once you get the feel of it and if you play with you know you, let's say you and your sister both get a good feel for it mm-hmm. you start to get pretty good i think there is a little more depth than than it may seem at the yeah. top you know with the with the black move with the racket break you know you can sometimes play to break the racket yeah. rather than play for points and that's interesting to have like mm-hmm. a totally different uh objective to go after yeah so i i think it's interesting i'm not I don't love this game, but I'm enjoying it and having fun, and you know, yeah. I think it's a pretty good game. Honestly, that's how I feel. I just feel like it's solid. Yeah, yeah I like it. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think it'd be fun, you know, break out with friends or something. That's it. Play a little yeah, bit. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, come over, play some Mary Tennis. Yeah, exactly. Um, game you've been playing? We talked a little bit about last week. Yeah, I've been playing a little XCOM bit more, uh, more XCOM. Not that much, but um, you know, I'm starting to get the hang of it more. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoy it. Um, you know, like we said last time. Yeah. Uh, I know you're really, really into those games and like they're new, those tactic sort of base games mm-hmm. for me. Um, so it's really just getting the hang of it. Yeah. You know, but I'm enjoying it. It's, a, it's a lot still? of fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. All right. Um, just learning now, you know, all the mistakes I made, you know, my first few playthroughs, right. you know, where the objective is really more important than killing all the enemies and like, right. you know, just try to, you know, be strategic yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. You know, I like it. Again, like Mary Tennis Aces, I like it. It's good. <laughs> Very cool. I have been playing another new game that just came out last week, I believe. Uh, Jurassic World Evolution. Okay. So, initially, you look at this game coming out at the same time as Jurassic World. And playing a licensed You're video like, game? No, but you really think, like, all right, what is this? Is this going to be trash? You know, it's movie tie-in game, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, I saw reading some reviews about it. It's like a city builder, kind of. Hmm. Like it's like a tycoon style game, roller coaster tycoon, okay. but it's you're building a Jurassic Park. Oh, so that premise cool. alone, okay, interesting. Is it any good? So reading some reviews, some people really like it, some people say it's okay, whatever. I was like, all right, I need to get in and try it. So the way that it sets you up, first of all, Jeff Goldblum voice in this game. Oh, perfect. And. <laughs> He's <laughs> just something else. <laughs> the way the opening of this game, when he goes through, they have this whole like, he gives you the spiel about like what you're doing here and what you have to do, and it is just such a like casual read where he's just like, yeah, so uh, you know, this island over here is where you're gonna be building. Like he's just like just talking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not like he's trying to really <laughs> be professional or anything, and it's so good. Um, so. That alone, I was like, all right, I'm happy. <laughs> um, but then basically what happens is you get into, it's much more tutorialized in the beginning than you think it would be. Because a lot of these tycoon games are like, hey, get in and build yeah. what you want to build. Right. And this is kind of like, here's how this works, here's how that works. It's, it's holding your hand through it. But what the thing about this game that makes it interesting is there's a lot of different like almost game modes in this one game because you can go into like a third person driving angle in your jeep and like drive over to 
the the cage you know the cage that you so have like, them in. actually like the park that you built you can yes. drive through yeah i like that i like it's games. cool yeah. but what, the thing about it is you're actually driving in and like replenishing their food and like you know checking on the dinosaurs and uh if they they can escape like one of the early tutorial missions <laughs> is all right we need to check out our security system so why don't you let one of these guys escape and and we'll try to take them down so you're letting them escape, and it's crazy to see like these T-Rex-looking guys running over and just eating people, <laughs> going crazy. But they escape, and you actually control a helicopter. You control the helicopter, and then you can go to aim mode and like aim a tranquilizer gun to try to put them to sleep. Okay. And then you like drop a flare on them, and then your evac team will come grab them and put them back in the cage. And it's, so just to check security, we had a T-Rex eat a bunch exactly, of people. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheek, kind of, you know, yeah. like, they, they know they're, they're joking Ridiculous, around. Yeah. But um, it's interesting. The things that, so when I first started playing, I really, really liked it. I was like, wow, it's actually really cool. You know, like, it seems like there's a lot of depth here. And then there started to become things that started to frustrate me a lot. And the fact that, the fact that nothing is automated can be really annoying because then it becomes like a sometimes you have a plate spinning game where it's actually fun to keep everything going uh -huh. and in this it's like you're doing archaeological digs to get so basically I, I mean there's a lot to this game that I'm not going to be able to explain here because you know it is, it is kind of a deep game but you get these fossils that Depending on what dinosaur bone or whatever is in it, you get a like DNA percentage. So it'll start out at zero, you start getting it, and as it gets up, that percentage is how close you can re you know mix them with the frog DNA, whatever, yeah. to make this dinosaur. So you're excavating, getting the, these fossils, and then filling up a meter. So if you're at 58%, you know, whatever, whatever dinosaur. Stegosaurus, then you can make a 58% accurate, DNA accurate okay. dinosaur. So you're building that up because the people will come for more realistic so dinosaurs. So you can get your you know 100, I mean? yeah. then you're You're getting your dinosaurs up. Build it and they will come. Yeah, but what you're doing is to make the archaeological digs happen, you're going into a menu, clicking dig, and then going to another menu and doing something else. And then when that's full, you go in, click it, click dig, and then go do something else. Okay. And when it starts having that meter that you have to go check on all the time, and then other meters that you have to go check on all the time, you're in menus all the time, and yeah. you're like, what am I even doing? Okay. Here? Like, at a certain point, because it's like, you have to really, like, min-max these things, especially when you get to the harder islands as you start unlocking them. You really have to be on top of your stuff, and it becomes like not fun. Oh, you, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's not frustrating. It's just what like it's a menu management. There's like too much going. Rather on. than yeah. like I remember playing Roller Coaster Tycoon and being like, you know what I love? Getting more money to get these big roller coasters, strategically placing them somewhere in the park, putting a bathroom nearby for people to puke. You know, like doing all these little things. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna raise the price of my concession stand by fifty cents so I can afford the next new roller coaster that just came out. Like whatever, and it's like you're having fun actually building the park. And for a game that has such a good premise of we're building, building a Jurassic, a Jurassic park, park, like have fun with it. Make these like what I would love is like 
make these really cool habitats for them and these cool viewing areas where people can go and yeah. like you know different things like that and it's more about like you know we're creating these these better and better dinosaurs and 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 that's fine that's cool and it, it is not what you want from it's just it's just weird there's something about <laughs> it that's like what like why did you pick this to focus on yeah. you know what i mean like it's hard to explain per you know the way the way i'm thinking about it but um all in all i think the game is fun to an extent i got i'm totally burned out on it. i don't want to play it anymore okay um, but what's this supposed to for uh, it's on PC, and I think it is on Xbox and, okay. and PS4. I have it on PC, though. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's 50 or $60, too. So, yeah, we know how much Dan loves $60 games. <laughs> um, I don't mind $60 games. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing I'll say in closing on this is I was having a lot of fun thinking it was going to become something yeah. that it's not. You know what I mean? All like right. it, it looked like in the tutorialization, like it looked like there was some cool stuff there, and then it just started getting tedious and frustrating. So what you're saying is it wasn't worth the sixty dollars? Certainly not worth the sixty dollars. It's okay to say that sometimes. It absolutely is. <laughs> um, the reason why I would say something's not worth sixty dollars is because it's content light, not because I don't like it. Okay, that's fair. That's how that's how I would describe it because. Someone might like it, and it has a lot of content, and they're going to love spending $60 on it, you know? That's, that's my, fair. That's, that's my cool. Quote on it. That's cool. But that's going to do it for what we've been playing for the week. Uh, I want to check in with you, Dan. In Metal, Metal Gear, Gear Corner. Corner. On the notes in my phone. Yes, it's on your phone today. All right. So uh, where did we leave off? Do you remember? Oh, uh, what did we do last time? Uh, so, oh, right. Um, you met Eva. Uh-huh. You and met all the bad guys too, right? That was right near the end. Yes, you met all the bad guys. Oh yeah, that's that's what happened. We were at the base. There mm -hmm. was the the base where they're they're holding. I forget what the name of the base was, but they're holding. Um, it's like the Golik of Granin base, or whatever. Where they were holding uh, Sokolov, and mm -hmm. everybody was there. All the uh, all the uh, the wonderful villains. Uh huh. Um, anyway. So, yeah, so that was our mission, to locate Sokolov. He was being held in this lab. Um, so our friend Snake infiltrates the lab, right? So Boss was there. Uh, who else? All the, all the rogues, gathers are... Uh, that's a big guy, Volkolov. Vogan? Vogan was there. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, Vogan was there. Um, so anyway, so you infiltrate the lab, and uh, you're looking for Sokolov. And as you get in there, you notice all these, like, scientists, and there's, like, you know, this, like, secret door. And Snake's like, oh, like, Sokolov's got to be in there. And he opens up the door, and you find out that Sokolov was moved. So you did this mm -hmm. entire, you know, we were talking about this before, uh, before, too, how, like, this game is very, very heavy on, like, it has a lot of story, but, like, it's very heavy on, like, combat, more yeah. than at least two was. Um, so, like... To get to like a scene, it is like a bit of a chore. Like yeah. you know, you have to do a lot of like fighting, a lot of you know sneaking around and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And like I enjoy that. So you're doing all this, you're looking for Sokolov. You get there, and Sokolov is gone. He they they moved him. Mm -hmm. So all of that was for naught. Um, but there's a guy there, and his name is Granin, and you meet him, and Granin talks to you. He's from Russia, and he talks about how he is the true genius behind uh, Russia's. Uh, machinery and weaponry mm -hmm. that Sokolov yeah he gets a lot of praise but like 
you know, he's like, I'm actually the one that, you know, designs all this stuff. I'm actually the true uh, genius here. And he gives this speech on, you know, how he came to build the Metal Gear. Um, he talks about how, you know, they were trying to build tanks. And he said that the you know, most genius way would be to make a bipedal tank. And I'm, you know, a Metal Gear sorts of thing, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, if we trust this guy, but he seems pretty legit in that he's actually the guy behind mm -hmm. all of this. And I guess Sokolov gets sort of the... Uh, gets the praise. Gets the praise for it. it. Um, so this is the thing. So Granin is there and uh, he tells Snake that he's bitter because he was the leader on Metal Gear. He mm -hmm. was leading the project. He was going to take care of it but it was handed over to Volgan for some reason. So Granin has become an ally because, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So mm -hmm. Granin doesn't like Volgan because he feels that his, his you know... He's being overlooked. He's being right. overlooked. Um, and now Volgan's the head of the Metal Gear project. And so he wants to help Snake. Um, but the reason he helps Snake is, is because earlier when he first runs into Granin, Snake goes, nice shoes. And Granin gives his whole speech. And he says, like, I'm not helping you because you're a good soldier. I'm not helping you because you're against Vogan. I'm helping you because of something else. Snake was like, what is it? He was like, you complimented my shoes. And so, <laughs> so now they're friends. And he tells us that we have to infiltrate the Groznizhgrad. And that's all the way across the map. You know how I love backtracking, but it's all the way across you the do. map, through the jungle, through another lab. And that's apparently where Sokolov is being mm -hmm. held. There we can find Sokolov, the Shagahad, which is like that Shagohad. big... Shagohad. What's that? That's the big plane thing, right? That's the weapon missile launcher. Yeah, the Shagohad is... Yeah. Thingy. Yeah. And Vogan's there. And also assuming the boss is there. So that seems like that's the next big thing Snake has to go and infiltrate. So okay. on my way there, I couldn't stop my playthrough without at least fighting one of the bosses. Uh -huh. So I'm going through the woods and Snake gets shot with like a big poison arrow. And then this guy freaking comes down like on a tree and like he's climbing on the tree backwards and he comes down and his tongue goes like <laughs> <laughs> and you find out we meet this guy named the fear uh -huh. and he's just so creepy like he like he, he crawl like he crawls yeah, like yeah. <laughs> like he this is, he um, is a character. so he's like yeah so he's like this spider like thing and he's like you know I'm not gonna let you you know you're gonna feel like what it really is to be afraid kind of thing and you go in this fight and it's actually a really, really fun boss fight. He, yeah. um, so this is really, really cool. What I like about the Metal Gear games is like the way to beat bosses is like things that like you'd never like really like expect. So like he turns invisible yeah. and he's hiding in the trees. He's very much like Predator. Like he's yeah. in the trees. You can kind of only see like his outline and he's shooting at you and you have to try to try to shoot him, obviously. But you can lure him out because apparently his invisibility, um, will lower his stamina and when his stamina is gone he needs to eat and there's like trees with like apples like around and if you shoot the apples down he he'll go out go of camo out, yeah. and he'll go and find him and then you can shoot him so that was a lot of fun it took a while actually because he keeps shooting a poison arrow so you got to heal yourself because the poison you know mm -hmm. will kill you and stuff like that but uh i eventually did it i destroyed the fear nice and i know that wasn't much, but that was my uh, playthrough yeah, of uh, cool, Metal Gear Solid 3. Well, thank you for the update. Yeah. That, that is going to do it for our Metal Gear Corner with Dan for the week. Um, I look forward to uh, seeing the next boss that you fight. You, you, you're working your way through. 3 is a little bit longer than 2, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it's I think it's paced a lot better. Well, that's and that's the thing we were talking about before too. I always feel like you know. I feel Metal Gear Solid 2, there was, like, so much to talk about. There was, like, so many things, like, happening. This, like, it's a very much more, like, I feel, like, very slow, mm-hmm. very, you know, the jungle's kind of the atmosphere. Like, yeah. you got to traverse your yeah. way through the jungle. And it's not that it's, like, an open world kind of thing, but it kind of feels like, it's kind of got that Ocarina of Time feel where everything's still, like, directed, but there's still just so yeah. much to, like, explore and, like, try to, you know, getting from point A to point B, there's a lot more. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And, but that's... You know, that's why a lot of people like the game is, number one, for the characters, obviously, but going through a game that's pretty nicely paced, where it's like peaks and valleys yeah. throughout, mm-hmm. is pretty nice. The end obviously ramps up, like most action things, yeah. but um, yeah, I think a lot of the, a lot of the Metal Gear games are paced and strangely, Yeah, and you know, they're beloved for their story, their characters, or whatever, but... Not necessarily for the pacing. I think three is actually very well paced. Yeah. So. So yeah. So yeah. big one fought the fear. One of the take down the fear. Another boss down. So who'd you take down? The pain. The, and the pain fear? and the fear. Okay. How many more are left? A few. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting there though. Okay. Uh, I I know I got the all I know is I got the old guy. The end. The end. Yeah. Right. Who sleeps until battle, and then I'm really interested in this one guy, who's like he's like a ghost kind of thing. The sorrow. He's spooky. And Might be the sorrow. Yeah, he was spooky when you saw him. He came out to the boss and like he was like a ghost and he had red eyes and it was scary. Mm. It could be someone else. We'll see. All right. I'm excited. Um, so the main topic of what I want to talk about today is uh, something that has been in the gaming news lately. Um, coming out of E3, I'll just set the stage for it. Set it. So... Fortnite released on Switch during E3. He said, you can play it right now, you know, go download it, whatever. Obviously, that was going to happen. Good move by Nintendo, biggest game in the world. Uh, you know, you want to get players on there playing your Switch. Um, so what happened was people that played Fortnite on their PS4 went to go take their account to their Switch... And a message pops up, an error message that says, if you have played with your Epic account on PS4, you cannot play with your Epic account on the Switch. So what that means is these people can sign in as a guest, play Fortnite like normal. They can create a second Epic account, Mm -hmm. play Fortnite like normal. But they cannot take their cosmetics from the PS4 and play with them on the Switch. And a huge part of that game, whether you like it or not, is the cosmetics. So, you know, people get these battle passes, they get the V-Bucks, they spend them on different skins, different, you know... It's a lot about customization because it's a very vibrant, colorful game. And they offer you a lot of different skins and things Mm -hmm. that, that change the look of your character. So... People were upset about that, and then it started bringing up the old discussion of why can't we play with people on different consoles, right? So this was a big thing back when Rocket League first came out, okay? because the whole thing was Rocket League could be played... On PC, on Xbox, and on PS4. If you're playing on Xbox, you can play Xbox versus PC or Xbox. If you're playing on PS4, you can play 
PS4 and PC or PS4. You cannot play Xbox or PS4. Right. right? So initially, everyone's saying that kind of sinks. You know, whatever. Not the end of the world. Then a game comes out. A little game called Minecraft. When Switch comes out, they launched... It's a Microsoft-owned IP now because they own Mojang, the studio that makes Minecraft. And they put Minecraft on Switch. And it's also on PS4. Okay. Minecraft can be played cross-platform between PC, Xbox, and Switch. Not PS4. PS4... Sony's being the wrench in the works yes. on this one. So, very openly... This was when Fortnite first came out. It was a couple months in. Uh, Epic accidentally flipped a switch that allowed Xbox, PS4, and PC to play together. This is before the switch even was a factor. Okay. Flipped the switch. Oops, for two hours, everyone was able to play together. And then they said, sorry, it was an accident. Uh, we'll shut it down. So they did it on purpose, obviously, to say, we have this whole thing made already. Like it's why? Built. Yeah, why well, can't? The only reason this isn't happening Sony is because of Sony. It. I'm so, so confused. What? Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Okay. But what I want to say is, Phil Spencer has been very open. Phil Spencer, the, the head of games at Microsoft. I don't know his official title, but he's, he's like the face of gaming for Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been very open about saying... Hey, I would love to have cross-platform with PS4. It's not up to me. And he's trying his best not to throw Sony completely under the bus, but he's saying, we'd love for it to happen. Yeah. You know, he's trying to be diplomatic about it, but he's like, it's not us, guys, you know, trying, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. trying to say that. So, it has been believed, because Sony has never commented on it in the past, widely believed that the reason Sony won't do it is because they're way ahead. They have 80 million PS4s out there. Xbox doesn't release their official numbers, but people estimate between 40 and 50 million. So PS4 is killing them. Like, there's no denying that. So they're saying, hey, we want people to come to us and play on our platform. I don't, I don't want cross-platform because that might take away from... Oh, you think... Because yeah. they want people that, hey, you want to play with your friends on PS4? Get a PS4. Get a PS4. So... Obviously not a great consumer-facing move. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt about that. Not great. Um, but what... When it comes to business practices... Maybe it makes sense. I still don't think it makes sense. So now, what, the main thing that spurred all this on is Nintendo and Microsoft had... So there was a tweet coming out from Nintendo. This was, um, I guess, yeah... My, Nintendo put this out June 21st, and they said, hey, at Xbox, since we can play together in Minecraft now, did you want to build something? You know, kind of trolling something yeah. a little bit. And Microsoft, they go back and forth. Xbox says, our bodies are ready. What are we building? And then Minecraft official account com- comes in and says, well, since you two seem so lovey-dovey now, why don't you tr- try building something like this? And, you know, an image of a heart in Minecraft. So they go back and forth for a bit. Oh, uh, They continue love. to, like, comment on other people's saying things like, you know, somebody comments on the thread and says, I love this, Xbox and Switch forever, and Xbox's official Twitter says, two communities gaming together. <laughs> like, obviously saying, what the hell, Sony? So, th- yeah, they're, you know, 
joking around. They go back and forth a lot. Um, so what happens is Sony releases a statement that says this. And I'm just going to read this, and then we can talk about it. They say, this is, yeah, I, I want to give a little bit of background. This is, I'm looking at The Verge right now. Um, we're just looking at an article that says, Sony issues weak response to Fortnite crossplay controversy on PS4 and Switch. So, you know, they talk about the backlash, and Sony finally responds, and they say, we're always open to hearing what the PlayStation community is interested in to enhance their gaming experience. Fortnite is already a huge hit with PS4 fans, offering a true free-to-play experience so gamers can jump in and play online. With 79 million PS4s sold around the world and more than 80 million monthly active users on PlayStation Network, we built a huge community of gamers who can play together on Fortnite and all online titles. We also offer Fortnite crossplay support with PC, Mac, iOS, and Android, expanding the opportunity for Fortnite fans on PS4 to play with even more gamers on their platform. So, basically just completely ignoring anything, anything <laughs> Xbox-related, anything Switch-related, decides to not talk about that and just say, you know, we have 80 Look million players. We, are. we have 80 million players, and uh, people really like playing on our <laughs> platform. So, really, really, again, this continues the trend, and we'll, I, I want to get a little bit more into this specific thing as we go on, but... Continues the trend of Xbox being consumer first, player first. They have the Game Pass. Yeah. They have um, they have like the uh, backwards compatible thing where Sony's just releasing their old games to buy on their system. Xbox has hey, if you owned this game on Xbox 360, now it's backwards compatible. You can get it for free. Wow, yeah. If you had the license with your gamer tag on Xbox 360, you download it for free. So it's, it's been a trend for a long time now, a couple years now, where Xbox is slowly like winning the hearts and minds discussion. And the problem is we see this over and over again. It's cyclical where you had PS2 beating the hell out of the original Xbox. Mm -hmm. And... Xbox became, hey, we're we're the the good guys here, you know. There, <laughs> yeah. and then it's flipped, and Xbox 360 sold way more than PS3 initially, and then Sony did the whole. Think about the launch of the PS4. If, I don't know if you remember all the all the hubbub, but Xbox One, when they launched Xbox One, they said. It was the whole always online console and. You can't share games with your friends because the license will be tied to your Xbox when you put the disc in there, right? And then Sony got up on stage for the PS4 and we're like, this is how you share a game with your friend. And they handed the game box over and, you know, because they're like, yeah, like it, Xbox 360 was the big <laughs> guy, but now we're the good guys. So Yeah. It's just been a constant But that's an argument forth. to be made because the guy who's on top always wants to be hey we're the guy on top we don't have to change we're yeah. winning so i understand that aspect of it but to a certain extent i think that it's more about the people who are running business at the time like you had don matrick was the head of microsoft for xbox at the launch of the xbox one and he made some bad decisions and that whole old guard there okay. made some bad decisions yeah. 
And Phil Spencer, once he came in, really has turned things around as far as like what people want. Right. So I kind of call BS sometimes and say more about it's the people. It's not because they're on top. Because you, I saw an interview. You know, I'm a big Giant Bomb fan, but they have Phil Spencer on their on their E3 podcast every year, and you know Jeff Gersman basically asked him like, hey, like. Do you think, because they're talking about the whole the whole issue, like what we're talking about, and he said, do you think if you guys were in the lead the way Sony is, you would still be talking like this? And, oh. and Phil Spencer says, of course I can say yes, because I'm not I'm in not, the lead. Yeah. But the truth of it is, I want, he his whole like platform of what he, he says he believes in is, I want our games... And all games to be in the hands of as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't like. Yes, we're not in the lead. He's he basically saying, "Yes, we're not in the lead. Sony's beating us, beating us, but we're doing fine." You know right. what I mean? Like we we sold plenty of consoles. Our games sell really well mm-hmm. on our platform. Game Pass. They basically. I, I heard him say. Uh, State of Decay and Sea of Thieves were both free for Game Pass. You know that because Game Pass is every first-party published Microsoft game right, right. is free mm-hmm. for Game Pass. You pay the monthly fee to to do that. Um, he said Sea of Thieves and State of Decay both sold over expectations even though they're on Game Pass. So what he's saying is if we expected State of Decay to sell a million units... Because, hey, it would have sold $2 million, but with Game Pass, maybe some people aren't going to buy it. They're just going to play it on Game Pass. And he's like, no, we sold more than what we expected, even though we have Game Pass. So, like, he's basically saying, our games are doing well on our console. So we're doing all right. He's like, I just... His whole thing is, I want to make the best experience for everybody, which, which is well, admirable. sounds super yeah, noble and super... And of course, he's in a position to say that. Well, that so, so I yeah, get it. Yeah. But you also need to really think about... You're almost being just as cynical saying that. You know what I'm saying? Like, because... What if he wasn't lead and also saying that? You know what I mean? Then, then we'd be like, all right, well, now we have nothing bad to say. You know, okay, yeah. it, it's, it's easy for us but to like, say. I mean, but. like you said with the PS2 and in the first Xbox and then PS3, Xbox 360. Yeah. Like, you know, what if next go around, it all it just yeah, flops. Xbox comes back you know, because it's starting to win. It just it flops again. Start, so yeah. I think it just seems to always be a battle between Sony and Xbox. Well, now, and the interesting thing, the interesting question is do you, think, do you think that. This is going to be enough to push Sony to open their gates for. Honestly, I don't think so. I think Sony. Not that I'm a Sony fanboy by any means, but I just think so. so I mean, using the PS4 in general, Sony is just light years ahead. Sony can honestly do whatever they want, and. Yeah, the problem, you know, and again, the problem is this is what happens to companies that get ahead and get cocky is at the launch of the next console in two or three years, Mm -hmm. whenever it happens, people are going to have so much goodwill towards Microsoft and so much ill will towards Sony if they don't start turning these policies around that they're going to start, they're going to get behind early just like Microsoft did at the beginning of this console cycle. So the only reason I think that we'll look back on this as the turning point, because Sony's not going to open their gates tomorrow, likely. Mm -hmm. But I think within the next year, they will, yeah. because Fortnite is so big. 
It's so big. And if you're saying you can play PC, Xbox, Switch all together and Sony's the odd man out. Yeah, no, nobody's like, going to want to be I a part of Sony. I just feel like, yeah, yeah that's, that fandom is going to be like, what the hell is going on? Like, you think how many people play freaking Fortnite? That's what I'm saying. Everybody it's it's the biggest game in the world, so you're really like putting yourself in a bad position yeah. by being the guy that's saying no. Nah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, dep- I don't know when they're going to do it, but I, I feel like they're going to have cave. to do it at some point. I, I just don't know how. If it's really that easy for Epic where they can just flip a switch accidentally one day and everyone can play together... Mm-hmm. Then what the hell are they doing? Yeah, like don't be ridiculous. Also, but also Fortnite's free, so like it's free, yeah. You know, it's not like it's not like PlayStation's going to be losing any money off. Right, it. and again, other like, than like you said, other than the point that oh, you know, people are going to buy other consoles. Well, yeah, that's the point, and the other point is they want you to buy the skins and the cosmetics yeah. on their console because they get a cut. Right. You know, Epic gets you know whatever percentage of each skin sold on PS4. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they brought their Epic account onto Xbox and bought them there, then they're losing the yeah. money on that. So from a, a pure business standpoint, like a capitalistic standpoint, it's like you understand why they wouldn't want to do it. But they're starting to look really bad. Yeah. I'm telling you, and I alluded to it before, when you have PS2 games coming, hey, that's great. Some of our favorite PS2 games are now available to buy on PS4 as like, PS2 classics, ten bucks, and it's like, yes, ten dollars for a great game is f- totally well and good. But look at what Xbox is Xbox, doing. That's insane. They, they, that they, but yeah. they're doing that for so many different games, and a lot of these games are coming free on Game Pass, even if you didn't have them. Mm-hmm. You know, like Knights of the Old Republic, one of my favorite RPGs ever. Free on Game Pass. Like, they're just, they're doing it in such a good way. Yeah. And they're offering so many different options for people. Where, like, if you're somebody that's like, hey, I don't play that many games a year. I don't need to keep up on every new game. I'm going to subscribe to Game Pass. And that is going to be more than enough games than what I play in a year. And you get a huge variety. They just put out Fallout 4 and, uh, and The Division on Game Pass for free. That's so amazing. So it's like, if you're not the person that's keeping up with all this stuff, and you want to pay, what is it, ten bucks a month or something? I should take the price on that, but no, it's pretty solid. It's just such a good value, and and if you don't want to do that, then you don't do that. Yeah. You know, like to offer an option like that. You know, PlayStation has PS Now, which you've experienced is not that good. Yeah. <laughs> Right? The streaming quality can screw up. Sometimes mm-hmm. it pauses. You know, certain games are totally unplayable when it's just streaming. And they're offering, like, comparable prices. Or you pay per game. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you pay per game, right? Yeah. I don't know. i got to check the Game Pass. I, I don't know. Game Pass price. Yeah, what do you think overall? I just... I totally feel the same way. I feel like... I feel like Sony should. Because, like, I don't know. Like you said, Microsoft seems like it's more of you know, okay, we're the console of you know of the people, and we're you know you know we're about the gaming experience, and that's like really noble and really admirable. And I think Sony should fo- personally, I think Sony should follow suit. Um, but what I'm asking is, do you think Sony should follow suit for Sony, or do you think Sony should follow suit for? I think Sony should follow suit for for just gaming in general. I just think that just makes so much sense. I, I think yeah. I, I think as like you know. 
as a community of yeah. people who enjoy video games, I think it would be a beautiful, beautiful thing. I love that you didn't say gamers. I'm so <laughs> I, proud exactly. of you. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I think it would be like a, I think it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, of I, and I think that's, and I think that's just a great concept, right? You know, video games get a lot of heat, but right? You know, video games can bring people together and build communities. And, yes. build, and I think that'll be, you know, a truly beautiful so, thing, getting everybody together. Yes. From a capitalistic business standpoint, it works in their best interests. Well, I think it's too short-sighted, though. That's my problem, is I still think, for business reasons, they should be allowing this. Mm-hmm. Because the goodwill of your consumers is a very valuable thing. Right. And if you're just looking at your bottom line, your your tunnel vision, yeah. right? You're not seeing the big picture, yeah. and you're gonna start losing. People already say Xbox One X more powerful than PS4 Pro. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Sony's like, I, I don't care. <laughs> like we made our thing, they made theirs. Yeah. They're not trying to win you back in any reasonable way. The only reason currently that PlayStation is a good place to play, irrespective of Xbox, is their first-party lineup is undoubtedly stronger than Xbox. Mm -hmm. And what Xbox is trying to do is build for the future by acquiring these studios like Ninja Theory, like Playground Games, like Undead Labs. They're building a first-party community because... They know that Sony's been eating their lunch. Uh-huh. They know that. Look at their lineup this year: Last of Us Two, Ghost of Tsushima, Death Stranding, Spider-Man. They know they don't have answers to that. Mm-hmm. They don't have that. And yes, there are people that aren't looking for that, but there are a lot of people that are. Yeah. And we know that those games sell very well. If you look at God of War sales earlier this year, it's like, you know, astronomical the amount of mm-hmm. copies that game sold compared to the install base. So Microsoft's like. We want that. We want those games not only to sell on our console to make money for selling. We want that here because it. We want to be the only place that you can play these games. So we want people. All right, if you want a PS4 to play Last of Us Part Two, we want you to also have an Xbox because you can't miss a game on our console. You know, and they haven't had that in a long time. Yeah, they had that with the 360. Nobody will deny that. A lot of people love the Gears of War series and Halo series. Like. They had a lot of good exclusive games for the 360. Xbox One came out decent in the beginning. But it's hearsay. I can't think of any. That's you what know. I'm saying. I, you know, certain people like me like Sunset Overdrive a lot, and that's still only on uh, Xbox. But what they're doing with releasing all of their games day and date with Windows as well. Is another example where some people would call them out. I think Sony would be an example of a of a company that would call them out and say, "You're ruining it for yourself because now these PC gamers don't need to buy an Xbox right, because yeah. they can play them on their PC." But Xbox would say, "We just want people to play," right? Which is beautiful. <laughs> but in that example, they're actually living up to it yeah. because they're saying, "We're putting it out the same day, PC and Xbox, because we know some people don't have Xboxes." And let them play. That's actually really cool. But it, that is cool. And but that's why I'm saying you have this balancing act between why do we want to buy an Xbox? What games are there to buy an Xbox if I have a PC? And they're like, 
some people are just console players and they don't have a PC and they want they want to play it on the console. That's why they're going to buy our console. So, you know, it, there's an argument to be made there as well. I just feel that they are doing so many things to win over the community that if Sony's not careful... You think it's going to... Yeah, I mean, it's never going to happen in this console life cycle because they're too far ahead at this yeah. point. Uh, but if they go into the next one like this, that's not good. But you can't... You look at the games last year, even. Now Nier is coming to Xbox this year, but that was a PS4 exclusive. Mm-hmm. Persona 5, not on Xbox. Uh, Horizon, not on, Xbox. not on Xbox. And the only thing that Xbox really had was Cuphead. That yeah. was that was a really really solid game that was only on Xbox and PC. Xbox, but I don't know, man. I I, I think Sony's getting a little too uh, too cocky. A little too cocky, and but I, the thing that I will say is I see. I feel like they are going to give in on this because I think they have to. I think it's going to be a big mistake for them mm-hmm. if they don't because. You know, a lot of fucking people play Fortnite. No, it's insane. Everybody plays if, Fortnite. If that army decides to go against PS4, that could be bad news for them. Seriously. So, we'll see. Uh, anything, any closing thoughts on this topic? or Sony. We as people who enjoy video games. We the people. Just want to enjoy games together with yeah. our friends. Right. And my friend may not have an Xbox or a PC or a PlayStation or a Switch. Wait a second, and then they can't play anything. <laughs> wait a second, okay. Wait, 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 wait. I think what I'm trying meant... to say is we all need to kumbaya, come together. That's right. Let's play games together. I, uh, Stop being jerks. The funny thing is, you know, as somebody that owns all the consoles, I will, if I have a multiplayer game that I want to play with multiple people, I'll just buy it for both. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really? Like, yeah. yeah, if I'm really into it, you know what I mean? Like, But not everybody has the luxury of owning both. I don't. You yourself do not. So, we'll see what happens. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of the Circle Back Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you, Shelby White, as Shelby, always, thank you. the man behind the scenes. Uh, thank you, Dan, for being here with me. Dan, thank you for being my friend. Dude. You guys have a great day. We'll see you next week. What's up, guys? It's Dan from Circle Back. Uh, I'm just here to let you know you can find everything that we do at circlebackgaming.com. If you just want the podcast, we're on iTunes. If you just want the video, we're on YouTube. So catch us either place. Thanks.